listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you here with us this morning. All the different places that you could be, but you are here in God's house. Thank you for joining us and for being a part and investing in yourself because God has something for you and you don't want to miss it. That's why we're here, right? Amen. Um, Well, thank you for joining us online. We're so glad that you're here as well. Um, I'm going to be reading uh, from the scripture in 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. I'm going to read it first to you. It says, The Lord told Elijah, Go to the town of Zarephath, in Sidon and live there. I've told a widow in that town to give you food. When Elijah came near the town gate of Zarephath, he saw a widow gathering sticks for a fire. Would you please gather me a cup of water? He asked. As she left to get it, he asked, would you also please bring me a piece of bread? The widow answered, in the name of the living Lord, your God, I swear that I don't have any bread at all, just a handful of flour and a little bit of olive oil. I'm on my way home now with these few sticks to cook what I have for my son, a small for my son and me, and after that, we will starve to death. Sounds pretty hopeless, right? Well, Elijah said, everything will be fine. Do what you said. Go home and fix something for you and your son. But first, please come and make me a piece of bread and bring it to me. The Lord God of Israel has promised that your jar of flour won't run out. I'm already. (laughs) And your bottle of oil won't dry up before he sends rain before the crops. The widow went home and did exactly what Elijah had told her. She and Elijah and her family had enough food for a long time. The Lord kept the promise that that the prophet Elijah had made, and she did not run out of flour or oil. This, I, I, you have to excuse me because I've been just thinking about this all week and every day it just, God just shows me a different piece, a different piece. And one thing I have learned that if it's in this book, it's important. And so that word is like, okay, that widow is Zarephath. What happened in her life? It's here. It's important. God, what do you have for me? And so every day it's like, he shows me something different. So it, you, it's in there. <laughs> I, and it just—it has just become alive, and I just think it's so cool. You know, this is the—the uh, the title of my sermon is "Unlocking Your Promise." But we see that this widow is—is in the—is ha- her? She's being tested, and Pastor Steve, with his message about testing, says, "Okay." Here we go. God has a word for us today, right? A little uncomfortable. Who likes tests? Nope. (laughs) Even if you're prepared for them, nope. But this is a good one. And we're going to dive into the word. We are a a church that is in the word, that lives by the word, is our value. So I hope that you have your Bible. If not a physical one, it's on your phone. If you don't have, oh, if you don't have a notepad or paper, 
I like a notebook, and we can hook you up, right? Yeah. Right, team? <laughs> we can hook you up in the uh, Connect Center if you don't have one. If you, however you take notes, because the Word of God is for you. It's to take home and to just, you know, take it in and find out for you what God has for you. So with me, I hope, just be ready because the word is coming and we want you to receive it and to take it and to let it change your life. So with me, just take your hand over your heart and just pray with me after me. Say, God, I thank you for your word, that it is living, it is active, and you speak to me through it. Today, as we open your word, and the truth through this widow's life, that it will, it will speak to my heart, it will transform my life, and it will set me in the, on the way to unlocking your promise for my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So, again, why don't you just turn to somebody and say, God has a promise for you. Okay, declare it. No, come on. Declare it. God has a promise for you. All right. Okay, have a seat if you, if you have one there. Oh, boy. This is good. I'm so excited um, to be able to share this word. And I... I I hope that every thought that's been going through my mind, I, I can re, you know, remember it, bring it back into remembrance, and bring it to you because it has, it has excited my spirit. And that's what God's word does is when you get into it and it's just so exciting. You just want to tell somebody. So I want to share this, this excitement with you so that you could say, hey, I got to tell somebody. I want to live this out just like this widow did. So um, I wanted just to read that to you so you can kind of get an idea of what that is. And uh, we're going to go back through it. So um, if you don't know, you know how to study a word, you're, maybe you're lost, this is one way to do it. You could take the scripture, take it by verses and just by gulps and say, hey, what is this speaking to me? Or looking up words, because I, I really enjoy doing that because it brings uh, more truth and a clearer picture of what is really happening here. So let us begin this journey. I'm going to uh, give you the setting that this is taking place in. Uh, if you read the chapter before in 1 Kings 16, Israel, again, is not serving God. Go figure. Okay, Israel, what is wrong with you? They are swayed so easily. Um, but here they are. They are serving other gods. The kings previous have set up uh, statues, and we're going to worship this God and that God. And so there is evil and sin just going rampant through Israel. And then we have uh, our king Ahab. Do you know King Ahab? Boo. We did a story. Uh, we did King Ahab not too long ago with the kids, and we said, okay, when you hear Ahab go, Arr. And so we did that. So that's, yeah, King Ahab, he's bad. He's evil. <laughs> okay, so um, he was the worst king of all. He had um, set up an altar and a temple for Baal. I looked that up. Baal? No. Baal? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, okay. 
Um, and he had also uh, put up a, they, they worshiped the goddess Asherah. Ashera. And so King Ahab made God just angry. He was just evil, evil. And here is our story where it picks up in verse uh, 1 through 4, chapter 17. So that's the stage. And then all of a sudden, Elijah. That's just so crazy. So who is this guy, Elijah? And I tried to find, you know, just information. Maybe if you all know his word, he just shows up. And so here he is, Elijah. 17, it says, Elijah was a prophet from Tishbe in Gilead. One day he went to King Ahab and said, I'm a servant of the living Lord, the God of Israel. And I swear in his name that if you, if, that it won't rain until I say so. There won't even be any dew on the ground. So later the Lord said to Elijah, leave and go across the Jordan River so you can hide near Cherith Creek. You can drink water from the creek and eat the food I've told the ravens to bring you. So Elijah obeyed the Lord, and he went to live near Cherith Creek. Excuse me. Ravens brought him bread and meal twice and meat twice a day, and he drank water from the creek. But after a while, it dried up because there was no rain. So I don't know if that, I mean, here we've got this guy, Elijah. We don't know where he's from, who he is. He just showed how he even got in to see the king. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how he even made that declaration. But he says, and I love it because we know that the setting, they got all these gods. They're worshiping other gods. And Elijah shows up and he says, I am the servant of the living God. We don't mess around here. And let me tell you something, King Ahab, no rain until I say so. What he was really saying is no rain until God gives me the go-ahead to tell you so. And it just, it just stopped. And, and I said, well, why did he go hide? I said, well, maybe, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could see why you'd want to go hide there. Who was that guy? Look what has happened. Because now, you know, it has, it has been a while now, so... Now he's, he's, he's there, and the river, the creek has dried up. So here we go. Uh, in verse 8, the Lord told Elijah, go to the sound of Zarephath in Sidon and live there. I've told a widow in that town to give you food. Okay, I looked up this, this Zarephath. The meaning, the Hebrew meaning, a place of refinement Smelting place, place of purification with fire. Hmm. Elijah, like, you sure, God? <laughs> you want me to go there? And the fact that this widow was living in Zarephath too, it's like, huh? Place. That's the meaning. I mean, who wants to live in a place that fire smelting? It says smelting, the extracting of precious metals by heat. It's like, that doesn't sound like any place that I would want to live. That's not really exciting. But here they are. They're in a place, Zarephath. And God has made the provision for Elijah during this time through a widow. 
And as we, we, we look here at the promise that is given to this widow, because we, you know, we already read through the ver chapter, these verses, so we know that God has already given her a promise. And so I'm just going to make four points, and I entitle them with a key, you know, like you're going to unlock. Got it? Yeah? Okay. So key number one, the widow's test. When Elijah came near the town gate of Zarephath, he saw a widow, widow gathering sticks for a fire. Would you please bring me a cup of water, he asked. As she left to get it, he also then asked, would you also please bring me a piece of bread? In my mind, I, this is the picture here. So we already know that God has already spoken to this widow. And Elijah can pick the widow out because the, the custom of the time was if you, you were to be a, a widow, you were to mourn for a year. So there was some identifying, you know, may her clothes that you could see her and you would know, oh, she's a mourning. Who's that movie? Oh, I'm going to get sidetracked. I'm not going to go there. We'll come back. <laughs> oh, dances with wolves. That's what it is. She's in mourning. My dip, and then she's thinking, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you know that scene? Uh, yeah, my father says I'm no longer in mourning. And then her and Kevin Costner hook up. Okay, anyway. Um, okay, so <laughs> that was a distraction. Sorry. Okay, so here we have, she's a, they pinpointed her, and he said, that is, that's the woman. Because she, she, I can identify her. And this is the picture I get. Because the woman already, God has already spoken to her. I don't, we don't know if she is a, a believer. We, you know, she's in a place of, of uh, where there are different gods. She is aware of God. You know, she knows that, there, that she's heard of the God of Israel. She's, I, I'm going to assume that she's heard, I mean, because they have done some some awesome things. God has used them. And so how can you not? I mean, Jericho, come on. How can you not hear about that story? So she knew about God. And here she was. God had already spoken to her and said, hey, there's a guy who's going to come to you. Give him some bread. And so when he asked for water, she's like, oh, okay, maybe God had that wrong. I can do that. So in my mind, I, I see, okay, I'm going to go get him some water. And as she's walking away, and can you bring me a piece of bread? She, this is how I, I was like, oh, no, he asked. What am I going to do? Because here she was hoping. She, she said, yeah, I can do that. But when he asked for what God had already told her, she's like, no, the test. Here it is. Um, and so, the, so here was her test. And a test... I looked up that word, too. It it's means that by which the presence, quality, or genuineness of anything is determined. So here, you, there's a t I looked this up, uh, how they test a diamond, because that was the easiest thing that came in my mind. If you put a, to know if it's a real diamond or not, fill up a glass of water, throw it in. If it goes to the bottom, you're good. If it floats to the top, it's not good. That is the test. Or I've never tried this, but if you breathe on it and it doesn't fog, then it's a real diamond. I don't know if you, you could try that. <laughs> I don't know how, but. Um, 
So here is her test. Would she give to God what he was asking for? So I'm going to ask you, what is God asking of you? Wait, what is God asking of you for the unlocking of his promise in your life? He said, oh, he's not asking anything of me. Hmm. I bet you there are some of you right here that as soon as I said that, your mind went, that thing, that relationship, that uh, maybe that forgiveness. There is, there is that thing that you know that God has, is testing you in. He is always there when you enter God's house. It is there when you go before him. It is there. He is speaking to you. He is asking, not because he wants to make your life unhappy or because he wants to, you know, he wants to take something away. He wants to unlock the promise that he has for you. So here she is. She's, the test is there. She's presented with it. Key number two, the widow's perspective. The widow answered, in the name of the living Lord, your God, I swear that I don't have any bread. All I have is a handful of flour and a little, little olive oil. On my way home now with these few sticks to cook, what I have for my son and me. After that, we will starve to death. So we know we've already established that God has already spoken to her. And so she, but her response, she looks at what her situation is. She is hopeless. She has lost her husband. Um, and it's just her and her son. And she says, I've taken a handful of flour. So I said, handful. And you know, a handful is just what you could pick up with your hand. So I said, okay, she's, you know, I don't know. My hands aren't very big. And she's, you know, unless she has really big hands as a female, I don't know. So I went and I picked up a handful of flour. And this is how much I came up with. Because I, I, I'm very, I'm visual. So I said, she had only that much. And a little olive oil. So this is a tablespoon. Can you see it? I don't know if she had this much, but I wanted to put enough in just so you could see it. So it was enough for her to make some bread. Does that look like much hope? And what he was asking for, from her, was that much? That was a lot. That was her everything. This is her hope. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make my son and me some food because we know that as a uh, as a mom that was she was going to provide for her son but then you know that was she was just hopeless this is all i have but then she made that declaration after this we're just going to we're just going to die she had no hope no hope at all But God asked that of her. You hear we have a woman. He does, she, does, she doesn't even know what's going on. But God had something for her. He said, Elijah, go find the widow. I have a promise for her. I see her. I see her suffering. I want to bring her hope. All she has to do is trust in me. And so 
there was a promise. It was, she was looking at it, in her, it with her perspective, what she saw. But we know that living a life for, for God, do we go by what we see? We're, we shouldn't, right? But we do sometimes. We do because it's, we, take, we try to make it work ourselves. She was trying to provide a, a solution on her own, but God said, I have something more. Give me your everything, and I will unlock a promise for you. She had no idea who God was. She heard, and God saw. I, this, is, this is so exciting. This is so awesome. So what is your perspective today with what God is asking of you, that one thing? Do you think you have to figure it out? Do you think that you need to find your own solution? God wants you to trust him. He wants you to move in the direction. He wants you to give him your everything, even though it looks a little like God. But I only have this much. He said, hey, I specialize in this much. You have what it takes, but let me work it out. That's what I do best. So here, here is her perspective. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 it says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure so there is no test, there is no situation that you cannot overcome because he is with you. He has it. He just says, trust me. Take that step forward. Give me your everything and see what I can do. So key number three for our widow, the widow's faith. Those are the next verses. So Elijah said, everything will be fine. Do what you said. Go home and fix something for you and your son. But first, please make a small piece of bread and bring it to me. Whew. The Lord God of Israel has promised that your jar of flour won't run out and your bottle of oil won't dry up before he sends rain for the crops. In the ESV uh, version, different version of the Bible, <laughs> it's, it begins, do not fear. She was afraid. She was afraid, if I give you this, what will I have? My son, I mean, as a mom, moms, you, can, you'll, you will go without so that your kids can have. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will go without so my kids can have. He says, fear not. Do what you're going to do. Go home, bake the bread, but first, bring me a piece. So, again, I look at my, my flour and my oil, and, you know, they didn't have glass jars. They were clay jars. I said, so this is a handful. Can it make two loaves? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Very small two loaves. So what you're asking me, Elijah is to bring, make, use what I have, take everything I have, and make it and bring it to you. 
I will have nothing left for me and my son if I bring it to you first. I can't imagine the, the dilemma that was taking place. And she had never experienced God in her life. But here, God sent Elijah. I have a promise for her. I want to show her that I am the living God. She believes in other gods. She, what, where are these other gods right now? There's no hope. But I have a promise. Elijah, have her bring it. And God had already spoken to her because he knew she was going to be in this dilemma. And I can't imagine that that just, I don't even know how God even spoke to her. That, that's a question. God, how did that happen? How did she, how did, and so, but God told me, God already told me, he already told me. And so, um, so, so there, there she is. So what, do what you already know to do. Trust the Lord God promise he had made to you so she already knew what she needed to do Elijah was there just to support her just to remind her says you already know what you need to do God's already spoken to you so just do it what has God already spoken to you to do that and you say well God hasn't made me any promises how do I know that if I surrender this thing if I surrender this this person if I surrender my situation if I surrender the hurt if I surrender my life how do I know that God has a promise for me how do I know that my life will be any better let me tell you this book right here is full of God's promises that he has for you let me read you a few of these promises First Peter 5:10 In his kindness God called you God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. That is his promise to you, to me, to us, 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9, it says, we often suffer, but we are never crushed. That's good. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again that is a a child of god you get knocked how many of you have ever felt knocked down in life yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! if you haven't pinch yourself because maybe you're not living yet i don't know but i'm sure if you took a few minutes you could say oh yeah i can remember that time life is 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 evil sometimes <laughs> sin the enemy you know people are rude <laughs> sometimes and it's just, it's just his way to knock you down. But those are just two of God's promises. The widow's faith, what would she do? She already knew what to do. God had a promise for her. Would she step out? Would she believe? Would she dare to unlock that promise? We know the answer, right? Absolutely. Key number four, the widow's response. The widow went home and did exactly what Elijah told her. She and Elijah and her family had enough food for a long time. 
The Lord kept the promise that his prophet Elijah had made, and she did not run out of flour or oil. That is so, I mean, that is, so, again, in my mind, I'm picturing, okay, so she, she took everything she had, her flour, oil, made Elijah the bread, brought it to him, and he, go back. Go back and make yourself now. Now you can eat. What do you think was going on inside? She's like, there is just no way. That, there is no way that there's any, because I used it all up. I know I did. I used everything. But it doesn't matter how she felt. It doesn't matter what she thought. That is good. You get it? It didn't matter. What she did is she took that step. Faith without works is dead. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. She just walked out, and she's, she did what she knew she needed to do. She didn't feel like it. She couldn't see it yet, but she's like, I'm going to take it. This living God, he made, has made a promise. I'm going to trust that. And so she took, and she went to her jar, and, and she poured, and what came out? flour and the oil and she made herself a bread and said never so she hmm, let me go back over there said never because maybe I'm a little hungry still poured out a little more yes maybe her friends that's a new one I didn't even think of that how about those around her hey you want some bread I got you maybe she's fed the neighborhood I don't know But every time she went back, it poured out and it was there. And if you read, if you read on uh, the rest of that chapter into the next verses, let me tell you, this little experiment, this little test took her on to to have to believe for something bigger that happened in her family. So let that be a teaser. So what could have been better than that? Oh, big stuff. Elijah? His, his faith was tested as well, and he has a story to tell. So here, as she took that step, she unlocked the promise of God for her, for her family, and for Elijah. Had she not stepped forward, what would Elijah have done? He's like, he's, he's, he's like hoping that she will do what God told her to do because God sent me here, sister, and you are my answer. So do what you need to do because I'm hungry. <laughs> and they did. She unlocked it, and God provided. So whatever it is that you find that God is testing, asking of you today, do not hesitate. Believe that God has an answer. He has provision. And it is the step walking to trust him. I don't see it. I don't feel it. How can it even be? Why would you do this for me? It's impossible. God's saying, step forward. Take that step. Unlock it and see what I will do for you. I have promises. Piles. Trunk load. However you want. But you have to take that first step, but unlock the promises of God for your life. That is so awesome, right? Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, 
With all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Always let him lead you, and he will clear the road for you to follow. Trust him. Know him. In closing, um, we've been reading through the book of Job uh, with our interns uh, over, you know, this year. And right now we're hitting Job. And, I, you know, we all know the story of Job, yes? If you don't, get into it, book of Job. It's in the Old Testament, and he has a story to tell. And it begins with the test. And, you, and the thing is, Job has no idea what's going on. He has no idea this conversation. There's a conversation in the beginning of the book that God and the devil are having about Job. And, and God says, go ahead, test him. But I know Job. He's not going to give in to your, to your silly schemes because I know him. And God would not have allowed Job to be tested if God didn't have faith in Job, if God didn't know what Job was made out of. God wanted Job to know what he was made out of. God wanted the enemy to know what Job was made out of. Oh, yeah, you think he's going to bow? Uh-uh, because I know Job. And I, I think I was reading, was it uh, yesterday or the day before, right in the middle of, I mean, Job has lost everything. If you read his story, he's lost his family. He's lost his children. He's, he was a wealthy man. He has lost all his wealth, everything. He was just sitting there. His body is covered in boils. And his friends, his good old friends come, and they just, they just say, oh, you must have did something really bad. God has left you. You brought it on. And he's sitting there, and he's in agony. He's in, he's in pain. You could hear it in his voice because he's, he's given up hope. But in the middle of all that, and I love it because he says, if someone would write down these words, you, if someone could just write down, if someone could engrave them in stone, I said, somebody was listening because here it is. If someone could just write this down and he just shouts, I, I think he just, my, I know that my Redeemer lives. In the midst of his test, he rallied up and he said, just write this down. I know that my Redeemer lives. And I looked up the word Redeemer, to redeem, is to make up for, to bring back. And if you read the rest of Job's story, it's an excellent ending because God makes up. He gets double of everything that he lost. That is, and he stood the test. His friends walked away. They didn't do so good. <laughs> Not so good for them. But the enemy had to tuck back and, and move away from Job because God had a promise. And he saw what Job was made out of. And if that doesn't encourage you, I don't know. I don't know what will. And my prayer is that it will, that you will be stirred and know that your situation, what God is asking of you today, don't hesitate. Give it. Surrender. My everything. But know that you are not alone. He is with you. He has promises for you. He is your firm foundation. James 1, 2 to 4 says, consider it a sheer gift. Think of that next time, okay? This is a gift from God. Friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, 
Sometimes that, it feels like that, right? All sides. Can I please get a break? You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Know that God is a perfect place right where you're at, and you don't feel it, you don't like it, but know that he, it's, it's, it's the step to unlock the promise God has for you, for your life. Step in it. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. That's what you tell me. And he will come through for you if you walk in it, even when you don't feel like it. Uh, we sing a song, and the worship team is going to come in a, now or in a few minutes, whenever you're cued. I just want to prep you to know that I'm there. <laughs> we sing a song, Firm Foundation. And the words say, Christ is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad. It's a gift from God. I'm happy, yes, that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? And this is a God the widow heard of, the generations. He, she knew about the living God. Elijah, this is your God. But Elijah said, he wants to be your God. This living God, he has something for you. So why don't you stand with me? It says, rain came and the wind blew, but my house was built on you. I'm safe with you. I'm going to make it through. Those are the words. That's a declaration. And we're going to get ready in a few minutes to make that declaration. Because I don't know what you all are, are, are facing at home, at, at work, with family, with, with kids, with jobs, with just maybe inner you know, uh, turmoil, maybe things of the past, what you have done, the life that has been uh, presented to you, things that you have endured, and you just can't get rid of that. You continue to come back. God is saying, I want, to, I want you to give me that. Give me your everything. I will not fail you. I will be your firm foundation. I want you to unlock that promise that God, that I have for you. That is what he has for you. So before, we, uh, what I want to do right now is we're just going to pray. And we're going to, um, I'm going to invite, if, if anybody here, we're going to make this an altar. And it's going to be a declaration. First, I just want to give opportunity. If there is anyone who has maybe nev never stepped forward, you've held back and you said, no, this isn't for me. But today, God, you hear God calling. And there he is again. And he won't even leave me alone. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'm coming after you because I want to bless your life. I want to bless your life. I want to give you the opportunity, you know, just to come forward because we, we don't want to embarrass you. We want to 
help you. We want to be a support to you. We want to show you how to do this journey. So I'm just going to give you a moment. If that, if that's you, if you want to say, I want, a, I want this promise. Just going to give you just a moment, just to come up. So we, just so we can know who you are, because we want to be there for you. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of us who are the rest of us here, <laughs> and maybe you find yourself there that you say, yeah, I, I know, and it's there, and I see it. I hear it again. I want to just invite you. We're just going to come up together, and we're just going to give that to God because he has promises for you that he wants to unlock, but it's going to take your step. And maybe maybe you're saying, no, I'm good, but I still want God's promises. Hey, that's, that's good too. <laughs> I would, together, we're just going to come together, and we're just going to make this prayer, this song, a declaration. So I'm just going to invite you all up. Come on. Woo. <laughs> Come on. He's not going to hurt you. He doesn't want bad for you. He just wants to bless your life. And unlock not only blessing and promises for you, but for your family. Just like this widow did. It affected her, her son, Elijah, and I believe her community people that she, because she probably just told, because you know what God did for me, and she was able to multiply that. So together with the worship team, we're just going to, we're going to sing this song as a declaration, as a prayer. But I'm just going to pray for you real quick first, and then we're just going to sing with them. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is living and active. It is complete. It, it, it pierces our heart. It takes us to what you have for our lives. I thank you that your word is a firm foundation and you give us faith to believe that you have good for us. Lord, that you um, are, are faith taking steps to trusting you, to unlock promises and good things and blessings in our life that we can serve you, that we can proclaim your goodness and see you bless our life and bless those around us. Thank you, Jesus, for, for your word and for the transformation in our thinking and our heart that we will take the keys that will unlock the promises you have for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. I've never